0: Good morning, FFM. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise for being here this morning. so good to see you all. Hey, people are coming in still. We know we got a few minutes here Uh, as we're gathering in. We just wanted to highlight a couple of things Uh, as far as announcements. We have really worked on trying to cut our announcements down to get those into the newsletter. If you are not on uh, the newsletter for uh, uh, FFM, you need to see Doug so he can get you on that so you get that also. Uh, the guys from the interns are trying to highlight FFM News every week, and so you can see those things. Uh, all right, so Breno just told me, he wanted me to remind uh, everyone here who's watching and here in the building that on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock, uh, there is a young adults group uh, that Breno and the interns are leading, 18 to 30-year-olds, and are meeting upstairs in the youth room. They have had a fantastic time over the last few weeks. And so if you'd like to be a part of something like that, finding community during this time when uh, community is, is tough to find because of all of the rules and regulations and those things, um, uh, that's a great place to go for the young adults. They're doing some Bible study, they're doing some praying, they're doing some worship, they're having fun and, and those type of things. So it's a very neat group, want to do that. Um, youth group, quickly after uh, high school youth group. After uh, church, uh, lunch is going to be upstairs for you in the youth room. And then you're leaving right after lunch to go on the canoe trip. Parents of all of those kids who are leaving to go on the canoe trip, you're going to need to pick your kids up at Donnie and Sue Overholt's house at 4.30 p.m. because that's where the canoe trip ends. If you don't have that address, make sure you see someone today so we can get that address for you. Uh, and that's going to be great. Um, also... Um, as you're gathering in, we know we've, uh, we've tried to continue to keep the sanctuary spaced out as, as pe- more and more people are returning back to uh, somewhat of norm of life and coming to church and those type of things. Remember uh, that we're still trying to love each other the best way we can, so uh, we've added a few more chairs to accommodate a little more seating, and uh, that's really good. I thank the interns for doing that this week. Let's give them a hand for doing that. Amen? Mm-hmm. All right, kids' notes are still going to be available each week. Uh, Not a lot of people, uh, kids are taking advantage of that just yet. So Zeke Britton's our winner again, simply because Zeke's the only one who turned in notes last week. So let's give Zeke a hand, amen? Uh, We're going to keep that available. We're going to talk to you parents more and more about that. Uh, Kids that are sitting in during the sanctuary or the the preaching time, to stay involved in those things uh, that we work very hard to keep it relevant for them and those Uh, aspects of it. So I told you last week I'd talk a little bit more about Sunday school and as an eldership team we had a great talk with uh, Anne Renee and uh, and has been communicating with a lot of the Sunday school teachers and, and all the classrooms and those type of things. And uh, what we've decided to do is uh, we're going to continue to hold off on our Sunday school hour for a couple of reasons. In the sense that because so many are still staying home uh, for COVID, uh, those people who are leading Children's Church would have to be the same people again who are helping us with Sunday school. And so uh, plus that would add an extra hour to our time together during this season. We thought uh, that's an extra hour of exposure and those things. So what we're going to do is we're going to reevaluate our Sunday school hour in October uh, and see how when school starts opening back up to see how that goes and those particular things. So continue to look forward to that. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, I want to remind you that if you are a visitor because your church is not having service yet for whatever reason, Uh, And that's a great thing. We continue to pray for all the churches. And I'm going to say this each and every week. Your pastor has never had to lead his church through a global pandemic. And so pray for all the pastors that they make decisions. Uh, here at Firm, we're having church, and that's no judgment on those who aren't. Amen. We're, we just, we've decided this is what God has spoken to us. And so if you're visiting us because your church isn't, during our offering, you see we have offering stations outside, uh, and uh, you can also give online for all of those who are FFM people. Uh, make sure you do that. Thank you for being so faithful. But if you're visiting with us because your church isn't meeting, don't give at FFM. Amen. Give to your home church. Uh, They still need resources. They need your support. And you can support them in that way. Amen. And and you are welcome to come and worship with us each and every week that you want to. Amen. And and just as a way of, of saying we appreciate that and we're so honored that you chose to come and worship with us. Out of all the churches that are having service, we'd like to welcome you this morning. So let's welcome all our visitors. Amen. It's so good. Hallelujah. Stand with me in this place, and we're going to worship the Lord today. We want to give you the freedom to do that, just to celebrate the goodness of Jesus. God has been so, so good to us, amen? Over the last uh, few months, God has been speaking in powerful ways, and uh, people have been responding, and we'd anticipate that nothing's going to be any different today. Can you say amen? Because He's the same God. He's the same Holy Spirit. So in this place today, have your freedom to celebrate the goodness of Jesus. Amen? So, joy of the Lord. Amen? That is our strength. The Bible says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? And I don't know about you, but God promised, and I believe it, that He would inhabit, He would dwell, He would live in the praises of His people. If you're ever fear, feeling far from God or you feel like there's a distance between you and the Lord, I can promise you today, all you have to do is start praising. Because God promised He would dwell, He would live. And in this place, it's no different this morning. And we got one reason to be here today, and that's to celebrate the goodness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Has He been good to you? Come on, I want you to celebrate Him today. Lord, we come to celebrate your goodness. we come to celebrate you, Jesus. Jesus, be Jesus in this place today. God, come and heal and deliver and save and set free. Let your presence, God, change us for your glory and your honor. Lord, as we lift up our voice, let all of heaven hear us. Magnify your name. Let your presence come and fill every place in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen.
1: Father this morning. You have the freedom to do that here. We praise your name. We praise your name. It's yes, Jesus. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. Come on, lift up your voice.
2: many of you back today and know all that you've been through. Um, I'm just so grateful. The Lord is the God. The Lord our God. He is always doing miracles. We see miracles right here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God for landing us here today. There's so many of us have gone through so many things and the Lord has been with us. He walks with us. So how can we hold back? Right? How can we hold back? The Lord is with us. He said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is a gift from God, just like Jesus is. And he said, in Joel, and on the last days, I would pour out my my spirit on all people. Can you say, all people? That's you, that's me, that's all of us. More than, than ever, we need the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling strongly inside of us because it says, that the Word of God says, that Holy Spirit will teach us the way we should go. Do we need help today, church? We need help. We live in the unknown, in the middle of the unknown, every day, every minute. We don't know, but we know the one who knows. Are you excited about that? I'm so excited. We know the one who knows, the Holy Spirit. And he said, I will come, and I will pour out my spirit on all people. And so today when we pray this next song, it's a prayer. Just empty yourself of who you are, and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up, the Holy Spirit can only fill an empty vessel and as we empty ourselves he can fill us up are you ready ready to pray with me all right and in my bones you're about to move I feel it in the wind you're about to ride in you said that you would pour your spirit. said that you would fall in sins and daughters so come in my bones. You're about to move. I it in the wind. You're about to ride in. It. It's a promise. You said that you would pour your spirit out. You said that you would fall on sons and daughters. So light like the You to fill us up. We want to worship you. We want to declare your goodness. The word says your goodness in the land of the living. We declare your goodness today. We love you, Lord. We have gathered here today to worship you, to lift you up, to glorify your name. Be exalted in this place today. King of kings, Lord of lords. Church, sing this with me. I love you, Lord. For Your mercy never fails me, and all my days I've been held in Your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will of the good. All my life you have been grateful.
1: All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am to Oh, I will sing of the goodness Let me through the
2: fire dark
1: in darkest time. You are close like the water
2: I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have since
1: It's running out. It's running out. ready Daddy
3: that wants us to pump up who we are and then go forward in that confidence. But when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go to the cross in his confidence as God. He went to the cross in his confidence as a son. It was his relationship with the Father that gave him the strength to face the cross. And so the things that we face We face hard things. Jesus went three times and said, Is there another way? But I submit to you. And because of his relationship as a son, he was able to endure the most difficult thing anyone has ever faced. And so, any of the things that you are facing, you can face because you are a son or a daughter. And it's not because we pump ourselves up yeah, I'm a son of God. Yeah, I'm a daughter of God. It's because we've taken time to go into His presence. And in His presence, we are strengthened. We are given courage, we're given perspective. So I just want to encourage you. Yes, we hold on to the promises of God. But get into His presence and be strengthened to face. I mean, you can face the most difficult thing. Amen. Amen. We have one last
2: chorus we would like to sing with you today. And this is a song I think everyone knows. You know, just like in the Bible, um, the grandparents taught the parents and those parents taught their kids and they passed down to generation after generation about the goodness of the Lord, about the Lord's faithfulness. What are we teaching our kids and our generation? Today we're going to just sing the chorus of Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I just want you to just, just worship the Lord with this. Sing it with all that's in you. You don't have to be tuned. You don't have to be... On key or on tempo or any of that. It's to the Lord. And He has been faithful to us generation after generation after generation. And this is the legacy we want for our children. And so as we declare that this morning, we're just singing with us. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning, Father. With everything that is inside of you. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness.
4: son's probably going to kill me. But when we were singing this song about I'll sacrifice my all, go home and play the song over and over because those are just words here. A month ago I'd raised my hands and I was willing to sacrifice my all until I found myself in the hospital room and the doctor came out and told me, you have family, you need to call them. I don't know if he's going to make it. If you have kids and you're all alone, I remember thinking, I may have to give this child back to God because they're only loaned to us. You know, I've lost my parents. I've lost other loved ones. But my child. But uh, God is faithful. Landon is here with me. But I'm only sharing that with you because when Christ sacrificed his son, my oldest Tyler, I'm like, can you imagine when he cried out to Father God? Like, uh, she said, is there another way? Could you imagine? I don't know, I don't want to give my son think of all of us what we do every day we sin and God still would you give your child because he gave and when the tube came out of my son I told the nurse I said I just want to hear him say mama I love you help me and that's that's what Christ did he was like father help me and unless you've ever been in that position but please take my words and know When you say, I'm going to sacrifice my everything, God might just hold you to it.
2: Great is thy faith. time with the music. Come on, sing it. great is thy faithfulness
0: Thank you in this place for your faithfulness, God. Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Has he been faithful? Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. So good to be in the house of the Lord. And we'll dismiss now for our children's church hour and everything that happens during that time. Uh, As we're dismissing, again, if you are a visitor with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Come on, let's welcome all our visitors, right? It's uh, great to see you this morning. Thank you for coming. And again, I want to encourage all of Firm Foundation Ministries and any of those, uh, any, any, anybody who's watching, um, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and God has given you an uh, amazing home church, wherever that may be, I encourage you to continue to pray for the churches during this time. God has given us a moment. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit here. Uh, in our sermon today, but we want to pray for all our pastors, all our leadership teams, all our churches in this county. God has given us a county of faith and um, an incredible uh, journey uh, and a place to live out that journey with Him in in such an encouraging spot. And there are a lot of great ministries in our area. And so we want to encourage you to pray for all the churches, not just ours, uh, but all of them as God continues to do what He does inside of them, Uh, salvations is what we're praying for, it's that season, amen, and uh, it's not uh, a coincidence, I I just feel like the Lord spoke to me in prayer time this week, uh, uh, prepare for the harvest, and uh, that's a powerful thing, because uh, in the physical harvest time is coming, somebody say amen, and uh, in the spiritual, it's the same thing. And so, I just believe what God has been doing in our hearts and lives and what God's been speaking to us over the last few weeks is all in prep for harvest time. Amen? And so, if, you have, if you've not been on that journey with us, uh, I'll encourage you to, to go back on the website and YouTube and... Find those messages and listen to them, and um, it, it's, it's a, an incredible thing. I want you to prepare, especially for the next few weeks, as uh, the guys are going to keep ministering. Next week here, uh, Breno is going to be preaching next Sunday morning. Come on, let's give God praise. And. Uh, He's been sharing with me where, where God's got him at, and that's great. Uh, you're not ready. You're not ready. Amen. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 in, it's important that we pray that we get ready. It's going to be an incredible word. And uh, then the next week on the 23rd, Matt Stutzman's preaching here. Amen, right? And. Uh, We have gotten a call from a church in Indiana who needs someone to fill a pulpit on the 23rd. And uh, just by the grace of God, the contact was made to Firm Foundation Ministries. Uh, And I take that as an incredible honor. Uh, And so uh, Colton Gosho is going to be going down to Indiana on the 23rd. So I'll be preaching at Legacy Outreach in Spartanburg, South Carolina next Sunday. Breno's preaching here. Matt's preaching the next Sunday here. And Colton's down there. There's ministry teams all over from firm. So I'm excited about it. Amen. And uh, just good stuff taking place. So we need your prayers. Um, as uh, my wife and I uh, travel on Tuesday afternoon down to South Carolina. And I'm um, going to just chill on Lake Bowen. On the lake, suffering for Jesus. <laughs> Usually, August is Impact of Hope Week in South Carolina, and September is Impact of Hope here in Michigan. But because of COVID, those events aren't happening. But we have to book our place a year in advance. And so we already had our reservations for the Airbnb house and, uh, on the lake, and the pontoon boat for the week, and all that. They didn't cancel that, so we thought, why not? Amen. Got some vacation time. Might as well go and chill. So, uh, very good. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter twenty-five. I'm I I am I'm excited. Uh, you know to to be here this morning. I'm incredibly encouraged. Uh, about the the miracles that God have been doing over and over and all the stories where God is responding to the messages and how God's moving. Uh, yes, the Brumba's are here today. Landon's here. Let's give God another praise for that. Um, Lisa and I know exactly what they went through. Same scenarios with uh, TC all those years ago. And, and uh, we just pray God, the faithfulness you had for us. I know you'll be faithful for uh, Landon. And uh, man, uh, God has just been good. So continue to pray and cover that miracle for them. Amen. And uh, just, just watch what God will do. Genesis chapter 25. Watch this now. Red alert. Every time I see that, I, I think uh, I, y'all have to forgive me. I'm a Trekkie, so I, I'm a Trek fan, Star Trek fan, and, um, and uh, there's four, four or five of us here, right? Um, I like this ship. Amen. I, that's a reference to one of the newer ones, but anyway. Um, I, I want to talk to you about everybody say Red Alert. Red alert. I, I, there's, there's a warning. That means pause. That means pay attention. That means take your post. That means get ready. Red alert. Pay attention. Watch this now. I, I, I want to show you something that maybe maybe you've never seen before in the scripture. Maybe you have, but God, let God bring new revelation to start verse 19. And this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Everybody say, hmm. And the Lord granted his plea. Boy, I, I would that more husbands would pray for their wife. Maybe I have a trick Bible. It it said, Isaac prayed for his wife. Maybe yours don't say that. And when he prayed for his wife, the Bible says, the Lord answered. And that answer was a blessing. Come on, somebody. You know, husbands, the Bible says that if you, I I got scripture for it. If you mistreat your wife, God doesn't even hear your prayer. That's, That's in there. Boy, if I had a men's meeting, I'd wear it out. I got, it. I got other things to talk about. The Lord granted this plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if I'm good, if everything's well, if I'm finally healed, if I'm strong enough to have a baby, uh, baby, why do I feel this way? Everybody say, I feel strange. So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, two peoples, peoples. So God sees babies in the womb as peoples. I got something else to talk about today. Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older, everybody say older. Older, older shall serve the younger. Everybody say younger. younger. So when her days were fulfilled, she gave a birth. Indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was red. And he was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew. Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents, and Isaac loved Esau because he loved his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob, and Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field and was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with some of that red. Everybody say red. red. Red stew, for I'm weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Did you ever notice? Did you ever pay attention that Jacob's not the only brother who God changed his name? Everybody say, hmm. It's good. Y'all Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him, and he sold sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and lentils, and he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So, Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the blessing of our heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's go to work. Come on. Let's go to work. I don't know what you came to do today, but I I came to hear from the Lord. God and I have been having this conversation. And for about six weeks, I've been letting you in on it. God's been speaking to me about grasping the moment. I said, God's been speaking to me about grasping the moment. See, the sentiment of 2020 is let's just get it over with. Yeah. Let's just hurry up and be done with this mess. When's it going to end? When's it going to be over? When's it going to go back to normal? But I don't know about you, but there's something in my spirit that don't want normal no more. There's something inside of me that is glad that God has shaken up the apathy in my life. Well, Pastor Don, you're not not apathetic. You'd be surprised sometimes. Uh, There's something about me that doesn't want normal. There's something about me that that is just a little bit excited there's something about me that is bothered by the hurry up and let's just be done with it. I've been saying that for years. We, here's the attitude. We come to church ready for it to be over. God's been speaking to me and I've been trying to share it with you. There is something not to be missed here. Come on, church, there's something not to be missed here. In this struggle, there's something to grasp a hold of, something that'll take hold of that'll change everything. That if we miss this something, if we fail to grasp this something, I really believe we risk everything. I'm a born-again believer, child of God, and I believe in the sovereignty of God. And I believe as long as God sits on the throne, he's still in charge. I also believe I don't think God's ever planning on getting up off the throne. Amen. He's God yesterday, today, and forever. COVID didn't take God by surprise. All this mess that's happening in the world right now didn't take God by surprise. What did you think Jesus meant when he said, Why you live in this world, you shall have tribulation? But see, we're a Western world church, and we've never, ever, ever experienced persecution. I'm sorry about your luck. And I've been learning that, and as God's been speaking to me, maybe you've been learning it too, that whenever God gets ready to do something, He starts with one person. He starts with a person, Abram. y'all, don't, y'all forgot that sermon already. And, and the truth of the matter is, we as a people, we always struggle because change, we feel like change we, we, we feel like change never happens. We we always struggle because man, when's it going to change? When is when is it not going to be like this? When's the struggle going to be over? When when am I when am I going to get off the struggle bus? I'm riding this thing, the wheels on the bus go round. Come on, church. I mean, you just go from you just go from one stop to the next. The wheels keep going. You don't ever get to get off. You ever feel like you never get to get off? You ever look around and go, how come they got to get off and I got to stay on? How come this is their stop? How come the bus always misses my stop Now I got to go all the way around? Come on, y'all not listening to me. You've been there. We, we struggle that change never seems to happen. But here's the issue. It, it never seems to happen because we don't want to be the first person to change. See, God's challenged us over the last six weeks. Even today, He ain't done. He ain't, everybody say, ain't done. He ain't done. Everybody keeps asking me, Hey, is this the last one in this sermon? Listen, God is preaching. God. I hope God's never done. I believe God's been positioning us uh, to take this journey. God is taking us on this journey to decide, to decide, am I going to be the one? Whenever God wants to do something, he always starts with one. Am I going to be the one? There's just something in my spirit that's not okay with being born and dying and leaving no sign that I was ever here. And I'm not talking about being the Billy Grams or being famous. Y'all need to get over that, because these—I mean, God has used infamy to His glory in some part, but most of these fam- famous people—they just—they all—they need Jesus. It's something not right in the head. I'm talking about making a difference in the world, especially this ministry, as God set us out in the beginning in 1996 to be the people of God in the community to. Impact the community, and I would struggle. I would struggle with the thought that if Firm Foundation Ministries closed its door today, I would struggle. I would, I would be, I mean, it would upset me. Would the community even notice? I'm not preaching to church down the street, I'm gonna do that next week. Can, how can I claim to be a child of the living God not recognize my significance? Let me, let me, let me prove my point to you. You've been living in hell. I said it. Because you've been living it. So don't get all violated. You, you've been living in hell because you're trading your significance for short-term reward. I can preach that because I was there. Yep. Yep. We trade significance for short-term reward. Listen, church, let me let Pastor Don make you a guarantee. I'm not the prophet in the room. There's plenty of, of prophetic anointings that are greater than me when it comes to the prophetic part of it. But I, I'm going to prophesy to you right now. You can write this down. You can treat Matter of fact, I'm going to treat it when I'm done. <laughs> the only lasting benefit to short Term reward is pain. Amen. And I'm coming here this morning to put you on red alert. If some of y'all are looking to check out now. Where's the door? Check this, check this. Abraham had a son, Isaac. Now, Isaac marries Rebecca and, and, and she can't conceive children. Everybody say, hmm. Funny, Isaac's mom had the same problem. Funny, Isaac came from a barren womb and ends up marrying a barren womb. I'm going to leave you with something to chew on. So they pray. The Bible says that her husband actually was the one who did the praying about this particular issue. And God blessed his prayer, blessed his wife. And she gets pregnant. But it's strange. It's strange. It's not right. It's weird. Something strange is going on inside of her. Verse 22. She doesn't doesn't understand it. She's like, wait a minute. If I'm finally healthy enough, if God has healed my womb to be pregnant, then if everything is fine, why do I feel strange? You see, you, see, you see, lately, lately, it's strange. You know, my wife, we've been advertising the marriage sermon series starting on, on, on September the 20th. And my wife literally said to me last week, she says, I know you love that. and I know the church loves it, but I'm not so in love with it this year. And I'm like, why? And she says, because I don't think you can keep preaching like you've been preaching about marriage. Like God's been, and I'm not ready for that to be done. Hello, somebody. And I said, you need to start praying. That <laughs> this would be a marriage sermon series like they ain't never heard. Strange, it's weird. What's, what's God? You've been asking God. Something strange is going on inside of you. You've been wrestling. You've been asking God. God, why is all this inner turmoil happening in my life? God, can you just let me have a day of peace? And God says, because there's two people inside of you. I said, there's two people inside of you. There's two people inside of you. There's two distinct people inside of you sharing the same space. And listen to me, that's okay when those two people agree. But lately there's been a stirring. You've been experiencing what Rebecca was experiencing. Those two people are now, they got different personalities. they got different attitudes, and they've been wrestling inside of you. And you don't feel, you're like, I don't feel like I normally do when I go to church. I don't feel like I normally do when the preaching's happening. I don't feel like I normally do when there's an altar call. I don't feel like I normally do when worship starts to happen. I don't feel like I normally do when I'm praying, like something's stirring. It's strange. It ain't like it used to be. I used to be comfortable in church i'm not so comfortable anymore what's happening inside you got to understand there is a war that's happening inside of you because there is a future i said it last week i'm going to say it again this week and i put it up here so you don't forget it what god has planned for you is beyond what you had planned for yourself Verse 23 says, nations, nations, nations... See, Rebecca just trying to understand this moment in her life. She's just trying to figure out this moment, this, this, this strange struggle right now. But God is looking beyond that moment. And while she's praying about babies, God is seeing people. While she's praying about babies, God is seeing nations. You see, you're spending a lot of time right now praying, praying about a circumstance or a happenstance or an issue or a situation. And while you're thinking about that, God is You ain't got no idea what I'm thinking. This is why you're confused. This is why you're struggling. You've been praying about the present, and God's been trying to answer your prayers uh, with your future. You've been praying, God, get me out of this. And God is saying, I got to take you through this to get that to come out of you. There's nations in this building. I may be the only crazy one here to believe it. That's all right. I've been crazy before. Y'all ever notice the stuff she ate men's on? You ever wake up tired? You ever you ever wake up tired? Come on, you ever just, I mean, you went to bed early. Man, I got to go to bed. I even took a nap. I went to bed early. You just wake up tired? Let me tell you why you wake up tired. Are you ready, Christian? Are you ready, believer? Are you ready, child of God? Let me tell you why you wake up tired. There's a war going on inside of you. It's a struggle going on inside of you. There's a stirring going on and Why well, I feel so strange. Esau came out first. Watch this. And I love this. I don't know, you, you can prove me wrong if you want to. But I believe that this is the only time in all of the Bible that out of all the detail the Bible gives us about all the things in 6,000 years of history... When the Bible talks about the birth of Esau, this is the only time in all of the Scripture that the Bible gives the physical description of a baby. Jacob comes right afterwards. Don't talk about what Jacob looked like. Jesus was born of a virgin, but we don't get any description of what Jesus looked like. Y'all know how y'all do when you see babies. Oh y'all know how you do. I go in and look at look at that. I, I, y'all in it. That's the ugliest thing I've seen in your life. They're wrinkled and chubby and stuff is all kind of like there, you know? And you look at babies, and sometimes when I don't know what to say, I just say, "Lord, have mercy." Now, y'all trying to figure out what I said when I looked at your baby. Don't worry about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> listen, I ain't going to lie to y'all. My, is my mom told this to my wife. My birth mom told this to my wife. I said, Mom, why would you ever tell that woman that? She going to never let me leave that down. My mom said when they took me away after I was born to clean me up, and then they brought me back. That's what she told my wife. She said, "That was the ugliest baby I've seen in my life." <laughs> she said he looked like a little bulldog. And I literally told that nurse, "That's not my baby. That baby's too ugly. Bring Dr. I was like, "Mom, why would you?" <laughs> See, y'all wonder why I had so many issues. <laughs> my mama didn't even. Hello, somebody. My mama didn't even say, "Lord have mercy." She liked that baby ugly. I can't believe that came out of me. Hello, somebody. Now, the Bible gives us a description. He was. Oh, y'all didn't say it. He was. Now, I'm a little jealous about the second part. That's a different sermon. Why does God take the time to describe this baby? Red alert. Yeah. <laughs> the significance here is important and you can't miss it. Because when the next baby comes out, all we get told is he's just grabbing the heel of the first one. The fight continues. It's just changed territories. Listen, church. Listen, child of God. Listen, born again believer. You just well get used to fighting because you were born into a war. Come on, PD, tell me when this fight's gonna be over. People come in my office, that's all they want to know. Just tell me when it's gonna be over. Listen, I'm gonna tell you when this fight's gonna be over. Y'all wanna know when this fight's gonna be over? When the next one starts. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop worrying about when the fight's gonna be over and start worrying about the graduation. These boys are fighting in the womb. Why, why do I? They're fighting in the womb. And when they're being born from that world to this world, they're still fighting. Jacob comes out grasping Esau by the heel. He's still fighting for his rightful place. Where are you going? Where where you, where you think? Hold, wait a minute. I'll tell you something this morning. I want you to hear me and hear me well. There's something. There's something. No, no, no. There are some things that are for you, but you're going to have to fight for it. There are some things God wants to give you, but you got to fight for it. Because you got an evil twin who's trying to sabotage what God has for you. You got to fight. You, you don't understand this morning. You've been feeling strange because you got an evil twin. Hello, somebody who's trying to sabotage everything God has for you, and you got to fight. And if you're going to get what you believe is yours, you better grasp this moment. Why would I live and die and not get what God has for me? Yeah. Right. Let me let me tell you about the power of the struggle. Are you all sad because you're struggling? I know what it's like to live my life all kind of ways. I I, I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like as a 16-year-old boy to live in a camper. Because I didn't want to live by daddy's rules. I know what it's like to be a high school student and have to sign my own report card. Because I live in, in a camper all by myself because my daddy put me out because I wouldn't live by the rules. Not you, Pastor Don. You're a, you're a nice guy. <laughs> I know what it's like to be addicted. You can imagine what life is like for a 16-year-old who's got no accountability. Y'all don't, y'all don't know. Parents, you, you think you're struggling with a 16-year-old that lived it. Y'all know. I know what it's like because of making those decisions as a young man with no accountability. I know what it's like to be angry. I know what it's like to work 40 hours a week and only bring home 80 bucks in my paycheck because I had to pay for some of those. And the government was garnished. Hello, I know what it's. Like. To buy a gallon of milk. A loaf of bread. And some potted meat. And that was my groceries. I know what it's like to be fired from a job. Not because I was a bad employee. I ain't got time for that. I know what it's like to move an amazing, wonderful woman into a home that I couldn't afford to turn the gas on or buy furniture to sit on. I I know what it's like to go to the grocery store and get to the counter and have to put some things back. I'm just kidding. I didn't need that anyway. I know what it's like to have to shop. At the grocery store with a calculator, so I don't go. Where my Dave Ramsey peeps at. I know what it's like to love your daughter so much. This beautiful young woman. I know what it's like to love your daughter so much. To see a young boy not treat her right and forget about everything else and take a broken shovel handle and go after him. And I was saved. (laughs) And the police officer who showed up to arrest me, the only reason I didn't get arrested because me and him went to the police academy together. We graduated together and he was like, Don, you're a pastor I said, I ain't got pastor's hat on today. I got daddy's hat on. That boy comes out of that building. I'm going to whoop him. That's my wife. They banned me from pizza for life. And if it wasn't for Justin Gintz, we went to Florida. He went in there and talked to that lady. I, and, and Justin Gens and Donnie Overholt got me unbanned from Pizza Hut in Chipley, Florida. They sure did. Went in there and took a picture with the manager and everything. It's been a long time. I still have that broken shovel handle. And my daughter still reminds her husband to this day. My daddy still got his stick. I I remember what it is coming home, going down the hallway to her bedroom, knocking on the door. And her opening the door and looking at me and saying, what do you want? And me saying, I just wanted to tell you I love you. And she would say, why? And slam the door in my face. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have your only son leave you. I I know what it's like to have the woman of your dreams so disappointed in you she wanted. I know what it's like to pastor a church when you got to go pick up the members and drop them back off after church just so you have somebody show up for church. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to preach your heart out and people reject you so much that one Sunday morning in Florida only three people showed up to church and two of them was my wife and my daughter who didn't even like me. I live my life all kind of ways. And through it all, I kept fighting. And I told myself, I said, self, if I ever get up on my feet, if I ever stand up straight, self, once you get there, if once it's all over with, once this fight is over with, self, once you get up on your feet and you can stand up straight again and hold your head up high, all oh, my troubles are going to be over. I lied to me. Because I learned that now that I ain't fighting on this level, I got to fight on. The fight always continues because strength is developed through resistance. Y'all not listening to me. God allows struggle in your life so you can find out what you're working with. What I went through in Florida got me ready from y'all. Yeah. Stop crying about what you're going through. Stop whining about what you're going through. Because if it ain't this, it's going to be that. You gotta use your strength you gained from what the struggle you had against the struggle you currently have. Jacob said, Come, come, whoa. We've been fighting in the womb. I ain't done. Where you going? They're fighting in the womb, and Esau trying to get away. And Jacob's like, I ain't done with you. Come. Y'all don't read your Bible like I do. I ain't, I ain't done. Come here. You weren't supposed to go first. That's my. Hello, somebody. Jacob grabbed. Notice what God told Rebecca. The elder shall serve the younger. Now, let me take it from Bible context into the turbulence of your life. Because that's what a good preacher could do. The old man and the new man are still in you. they just born at different times. I was born March 28, 1972. I turned 48 years old this year. But I was born again in September of 1992. So in my spirit, I'm a 28-year-old couple. And the trial of my life, the struggle of every day in my life is to get the older to serve the young.
1: the flesh
0: there's a war everything was all right when those two were in agreement they ain't been in agreement for about come on somebody they ain't been in agreement for a little while why i feel strange what's going on inside of here the trial of my life is to get the older to serve the younger the struggle is getting the old me to serve the new me and it's a fight See, this moment right now, some, somebody in here needs to grasp a hold of this. You just got a revelation about what's been really going on in your life. You thought it was about this or about that. You thought it was about something else. You thought it was about what somebody did to you 500 years ago. You... <laughs> Tell somebody I'm about to grasp this moment. Y'all didn't help me. Tell somebody I'm about to grasp this moment. This moment, in this place, I want to rebuke every devil who told you your yesterday was your best day. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. I said the devil is a lie. This is your moment. Here's how I know I'm about to go through a moment. Here's how I know I'm about to have a moment. When I'm about to have a moment, I always have an attack. Some kind of struggle breaks out in my life. It's a sign that I'm about to give birth. You see, a struggle is always a distraction from what God's trying to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, the enemy wants me to be so distracted with the struggle that I miss the moment. And God said the older will serve the younger. Your flesh, the old man, shall serve the spirit man. You won't get this until you make your flesh serve your spirit. You, You won't get it. Your flesh, your pride, your lust, your selfishness has to come under subjection. Because the elder, God has declared, will serve the younger. Do you really think you going to grasp the moment without a struggle? Come in my office and go and pass it on. I just got to be me. I just got to be me. People need to chill. I just I got to be me. You don't get to be you. You don't get to do you, boo. You better do him. You better make your elders serve the younger. In the flesh, I'm 48. But in the spirit, I'm 28. So my 48-year-old self, I got to serve my 28-year-old self. Y'all now listen to me. I got to get back to the text because y'all, y'all can't handle this. They fall in the belly. They fall in the birth. Watch this. Now they're fighting over the bowl. The belly, the birth, the bowl. The belly... The birth, the bowl, the belly, the birth, the bowl. I don't know what's there, but somebody will get it. This is warfare. you got to bring things into divine alignment. See, the Bible skips them growing up. Do you think that they played jumping jacks together? How many black eyes and bloody nose do you think they gave each other growing up? The Bible just got to skip all that because he's already told you they're fighting in the belly. They were fighting in the birth. They're just going to keep fighting because Jacob ain't done. Where are you going? What you doing? <laughs> Jacob's a mama's boy. Daddy didn't like him. So he became good at what mama was good at. Oh, if I had a men's meeting, I'd wear that out. (laughs) Brenda, am I right or wrong? The anointing you respect is the anointing you receive. Jacob is serving Isaac, his father. Watch this. The, the Jewish Talmud explains it this way. What Jacob was actually doing is he was preparing a meal to honor his father. He's a, he's a mama's boy, but he's got daddy hunger. I, I'm just telling you right. I would wear it out. I, I don't know about you. My whole life I have lived... Just to hear my daddy say he's proud. My earthly father. You're like, wait a minute, yeah. Even in those moments. Because the wrestling was real. And sometimes I didn't understand that the easiest way to make daddy proud was to just be obedient. And my struggle with my dad, I thought I had to do extra. It flows spiritually, but that's not the message I'm preaching today. Esau, he's got his father's favor because he's good at what his father likes. His father likes meat. And Esau's good at hunting. He has his father's favor, but he's not supposed to. You see, Isaac picked Esau. But God picked Jacob. Y'all didn't get happy right there. Let me me tell you why I get happy right there. Right? Because I know what it's like to not be the one everyone is expecting. I know what it's like to be stuck in a corner, overlooked, and laughed at, and not thought much of. But I think, God, those people ain't in charge. They're not in charge of choosing. They don't get to choose because God already chose. I know for weeks now, I've been talking to some people that have been overlooked and cast aside. You've been, you've been laughed at and you've been not thought much about, but this word is for you. because surprise, God's doing the choosing. Yeah. 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 Why are we talking about choosing? Let me Is it all right if I talk to y'all about the power of choice? The young people listen to me. power of choice. Watch this. Esau comes into the house hungry. This man is a great hunter. This man has got no problem hunting. This man who, who if he didn't kill something today, he, he'll get something tomorrow because he's good at it. He comes, he comes in after a long day and, and, and he comes in hungry. Watch this. He comes, right? His flesh is hungry. His flesh is the flesh is always hungry. There is a reason in the book of Hebrews that the New Testament uses Esau as a representation of fornication and lust, because the flesh is I don't. Maybe I got a trick, Bible My, it's in mine. Esau values flesh over spirit. And so what does he do? He demands some of what's in the pot. Now let me talk to you about Jacob. Don't despise your gift. Sooner or later, it's going to make room for you. Come on, young people. They're not helping me. Don't despise. Sooner or later, it's going to make room for you. People might not want to recognize it right away, but it's a gift that God is going to use to open up the next dimension. This is a prophetic word for somebody who wishes you had a gift in something else. Boy, I wish I could play the guitar like Eddie. wish that was my gift. Yo, I wish I could play the drums and sing at the same time like Breno. It's that Phil Collins anointing. That must be what it is, right? Y'all younger people have no idea what I'm talking about. Genesis, y'all have no idea. Yeah, you got it, right? Like Genesis and Phil Collins, the drum. That y'all, I'm going to move on. I'm 48. Back when Phil had a little hair, now me and Phil got the same anointing. You better listen to me. God's going to take the gift he gave you, and it's going to make room for you. Right now, it may look like all you doing is cooking soup. But God can take a bowl of soup and turn it into a moment. While Jacob is stirring the soup, Esau, bust in, I'm hungry! And Jacob says, oh, you know I can cook. Huh? You know I, let me tell you something, you're talking to Chef Jacob, come on, you know I can cook, come in here talking about you hungry, you talking to the kid, I'm Chef Jacob, Stirring his soup. You know I can read alert. Watch what the Bible tells us that seems very unnecessary in all the detail that the scripture gives us over 6,000 years of history. Why would the Bible tell us what color the soup is? Red alert. He cooking. He cooking brown soup. He could have been cooking. Yeah, he cooking pea soup, green soup. He ain't ain't cooking reds. (laughs) Red man wants red soup. I said red man wants red soup. Red man wants red soup. Why? Because man values what he is. Flesh always values flesh. I'm preaching good today. Y'all not even. Flesh always. See, red alert. you, You will never... Be any greater than your choices. Esau chose what he was. Red man chose red soup. He didn't value his birthright. He had something he didn't value. And I'm just going to tell you today, you mark Pastor Don's words down. Even if you never come back to this church or ever hear me preach another sermon. Anytime you have something you don't value, you will always lose it. Now, we can say amen and go home right there, but I got more to talk about. How many people in this room right now know what it is to grieve over the fact that you lost something that you now know the value of, but you didn't appreciate at the moment? If life is a result of choices, in order to change choices, we got to change what we value. Listen, Esau was hungry, he was not starving. Hunger don't last. I remember a couple years ago at the marriage sermon series, I went on a thirty-day fast, longest fast I've ever been on my life. And I remember about day twelve or thirteen or fourteen, I wasn't hungry anymore at all. No hunger pains. Hunger don't last. The Bible didn't say he was starving. The wrestling is always temporary. Comfort is that thing that always versus long-term benefit. You, you, You know why we live this life and we die and Never make an impact in this world because we live our life trying to get to our funeral comfortable. And then we want them to bury us in a nice, soft, cushiony box. Y'all need to hear me with your good ears because I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm trying to tell you what's the truth. Never make a permanent decision over a temporary condition. It's up there. Y'all should take a pit, whatever you got. Esau's problem was temporary. He gave up what was a permanent generational blessing that affected the rest of the world turned till this day. He was hungry today. He would have ate tomorrow. He was a hunter and is famous for hunting. He had, more, he had more critters on the wall than anybody. Come on, you hunters. You know that's how you show off your skill. Let's go down to the trophy room. Let me show you. Look at all that. No, I got a couple. A few, three, four. You got to show up your skill. Come on. I got, I got those two turkey fans on the wall right next to each other because I shot both those turkeys in the head with one bullet. they right there on the wall. I call them Pete and Repeat. Because they were behind the tree. I couldn't see them. And the big one kept sticking his head out to gobble. And I tried to time that thing. And just as he stuck his head out to gobble and I pulled the trigger, the second one stuck his head out to gobble too. And I nailed them both right in the head. Flop, flop, flop. You ain't allowed but one. Joshua stood up and said, Dude, you're not a double. I'm like, Dude, I'm going to jail. He said, I wouldn't have believed it if I couldn't see it. Here's my tag. <laughs> so we had to use Josh's tag. And they on the wall. Because so, I got skill. <laughs> Timing those things. Just. Sometimes it's better to be lucky. Hunger wasn't going to last. If you value something, you'll suffer for it. If you value something, you'll wait for it. If you endure something, you'll wait for it. If you sacrifice something, you'll wait for it. Let me tell every young lady who's listening here that's not married, don't you be listening to no guy talking about, I love you. If he values you, he'll honor you before the Lord. If he don't honor you before the Lord before you married, he ain't going to honor you before the Lord after you married. I'm just preaching right now. Let me tell you all the young men who are under my charge as disciples, you start treating a young lady like that, I still got my stick. That's during the marriage sermon series. What I'm doing. Long term benefit outweighs short term gratification. One of the greatest gifts God gave man was the power to choose. Red alert your choice determines your change. Jacob has a bowl of soup that won't last a day. Esau has a birthright that will affect thousands of years of all of his children. Red alert. This moment, and it's determined by choice. Not who's favorite, not who came out first, not by how they struggle with each other all their lives. This moment that all of heaven is looking down on to wait and see the choice. Red alert because choice determines change. Pray all you want. Combine your prayer with wrong choices and prayer don't work. The Bible says, that the prayers of a righteous man avail. Jacob isn't the only one who God changed his name that day. Mm. Bible students, come on. Esau's name was changed too. Esau's name was changed to what? Edom. Which is where all the Edomites came from. Mm. Do y'all know what Edom means in the Hebrew? Hold each other, you ready? Red. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I thought it happened at birth, but it didn't. It happened at the bowl. When he looked at the red soup and thought it was more valuable than his birthright, when he looked at the gratification of the moment instead of the reality of the process, you see, this is a word from God prepping you and I for the next choice. That choice can't be based on pain. Stop choosing stuff because of temporary pain. Yeah. Stop that. In PDism, that's the merry-go-round of stupid. Get off! A choice is coming, and you have to be strong enough to go long enough in the pain for a greater vision of what God wants to do in your life. I said, a choice is coming, and you have to be strong enough to go long enough to endure the pain for a greater vision of what God wants to do in your life. Esau's choice. Esau's choice changed his name. Esau's choice changed his children. How how did God introduce himself to Moses? Hey, Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and... Hold up. What? If Esau had made a different choice, God would have introduced himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and... Esau's choice actually dictated how God presented himself to someone who doesn't. Let me me tell you something. I see all this. I'm just going to preach it. Is that all right? I'll take whatever the elders give me in the elders meeting tomorrow night. But I'm going to tell you all something about Facebook. You, You get on Facebook and you take a temporary issue... And you ruin your witness? Yep.
1: Yeah. I got no time for
0: it. I, if you are so educated that you ruin your witness, your education is nothing to me. Because that introduces God to the. And you up there fussing about what? I've had enough. I have, I have had enough of immaturity. I've had enough. That wasn't in my sermon, and I need to do something else because I feel my heart rate. <laughs> God, He saw Abraham, Isaac. I can't introduce. I got it. I. A little bit of God be disappointing me. Had he not made this choice, his children would have been the heads of the tribes of Israel. <laughs> For a bowl of soup! The Bible teaches us that he spent the rest of his life trying to get that birthright back, that even at the end of his life, he was bringing hordes of gold just to buy the right to be buried with his. He's the only man in the scripture that the Bible says repentance didn't work. Y'all don't think God's serious? By the time his values caught up with his life, he lost the moment. There's some moments you can't get back. I said, there's some moments you can't get back. There's some moments you can never get again. Esau sought repentance with many tears and he never found it. Do the right thing at the right time. will determine the right outcome. If you miss the moment, Esau's choice would determine the rest of the book. How much different Bible students would 1st, 2nd Chronicles and 1st and 2nd Kings look if Esau had made a different choice? A couple theologians sitting among us. Am I all right? Red man chose red soup. We need to pay attention. Amy, are you playing? Come on, come on. Worship team, come on. There is a moment that God will give you and I that will determine how our story ends. Who would have thought that after all of Jacob's fighting, he would win the battle with a bowl of soup? All these years you've been fighting. Come on, stand to your feet. I just feel something of a Lord right here. All these years you've been fighting, now you've come to understand what God... Wants to use your gift to win the battle. And maybe you came to this place this morning broken and tired. And maybe you're that person who says, why? Why try any more? It is what it is. No, it ain't! Red alert! This is a moment. What are you doing? It's up to you. Jacob was a fighter in the belly. He was a fighter in the birth. He was a fighter at the bowl. and he's a fighter even when God confronted him. He had to, he had to fight all his life, and it brought him to a. I'm a medal. because you're standing up so you can, you can go ahead and leave if you want to but nobody knows so I'm going to meddle you've had to fight all your life good choices bad choices you've had to fight all your life and it's brought you to a moment where you grasp it where are you going I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna... And the ch- and the, uh, the chance of violating your your righteous Bible studiness. Jacob didn't get there because he was holy. You see, Esau's name got chained to Edom um, because of who he was, and so God said, "Well, if that's gonna who you be, then we might as well let everybody know who you are." Jacob's name got changed from cheater, usurper, scoundrel to Prince of God. I've been preaching this thing to a bunch of people over the last. Seven weeks. And it's brought us to a time where we've got to grab a hold of it. And, and and some of you have moved already and God ain't done. He's still moving. But I need this church to know I've not only been preaching this thing to people, but I've been preaching this thing to the vision of Firm Foundation Ministries. FFM has had to fight every day of his existence the first day, the first Sunday, I wasn't even here. And most of you in here wasn't even here. Raise your hand if you were here on the first Sunday. it What, three, four, five maybe? I don't know. They said it won't last six months. That was the prophecy. It won't last six months. see they didn't get to choose because God already chose had to fight every day FFM's had to fight every day of our existence we had to fight every day of our existence we've had modern day prophets and apostles stand up and say God's going to close the doors over there You don't get to choose. And I want you to understand this, how Pastor Don feels about it. In the Old Testament, do you know how many times a prophet had to miss it to be considered a false prophet? Y'all know what? The doors are still open. I won't hear from you again. I won't hear from you again. The sentiment about 2020 is just hurry up and let's be done with it. Red alert. God has brought us all, all through COVID 19 to give us a moment. To give us a moment, church. That's what, and together we have to grasp this moment. Together we have to grasp this moment. All of us together have to say, though, no, that's mine. God has given it to me. That's what God has promised me. It is my birthright. And I will not live my life and die and do away with my significance. God has called me His child. He's called me His son. He's called me His daughter. And I am sick and tired of the choices Amen, that break that value in my life. This day I'm not interested in red soup no more. Because the younger is going to rule over the old... Y'all need to get ready because church ain't going to look like what y'all think it's going to look like because there's a bunch of young folk in here that's liable to start preaching and prophesying to all of us. And this ministry's got to be okay with it. We got to break this idea that Pastor Don got to do all the preaching because that's what they pay. we pay him to do. Listen, if y'all paying me to preach, y'all, y'all are overpaid. Hello, somebody. Y'all, because there's better preachers even in this house. Y'all with me? Come on, some of them sitting over here, some of them sitting over there. And God has given me something. And I told the elders when I came back from, from sabbatical, here's what I said to them I spent the first 15 years with Firm Foundation Ministries, building the church. And God has spoken to me to say I'm supposed to spend the next 15 years giving it away. I ain't going nowhere. Y'all couldn't run me out of here with my own stick. Let me tell you something. There's generations that are coming... There's nations, come on, church. There's people that are coming inside of us, right? And we just got to birth them and let them go. Amen. We got to birth them and let them be. I tell the elders all the time we need to get out of their way. We need to get out of their way. Y'all need to get ready. Red alert. Don't be in a hurry. Just grab a hold of a moment. Can I pray with you? And if God has been speaking to you and you want to come to this altar, it's open. Listen, it's, it's absolutely, there's plenty of sanitizer up here. Just come and, s- hello, somebody. The sanitizer is our new anointing oil. Hello, look at, in the name of Jesus, I consecrate this for the use of God's glory and his honor. Amen set aside now you can come to the altar if God is talking to you about a moment, Father in the name of Jesus, right now God, thank you for a word and Lord, we receive it this morning that the older has to serve the younger. Lord, that the older has to serve the younger. Lord, this moment, God, we just want to step right out, God, and we want to grab a hold of this moment. Forgive us, God, for the times we've let it go by. Forgive us, God, when we have chose the temporary, God, to and allowed that to extinguish the future. Lord, no longer, God, help us to be a people, Lord, who press in for what you have for us. God, Lord, nations don't develop overnight, God. They develop with purpose, Lord, and intent. And inside of Firm Foundation Ministries right now, inside of the hearts and lives that are here, inside of the hearts and lives that are listening, inside of the churches in this area, God, there are people, there are nations, God, that you want to birth. And God, just because COVID has come, God, just because, uh, Lord, unrest has come among people, God, Lord, doesn't mean that your plan has changed. You still plan our people, God. You still plan nations, God. You still plan, God. This moment we choose that plan in Jesus' name. We choose that plan in Jesus' name. We choose that plan in Jesus. If you want to come to the altar, come on, we got a little time here. Let's sing this song. Come on, let's sing this song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
4: Thank you, Jesus.
5: Billy We're going to be a people of revival.